And welcome to our Season 5 of the Watch Pitch Podcast and YouTube channel program with our special focus on the thaw from the impacts of COVID on entrepreneurs, startups, and investors. For this episode, our sixth this season, we are going to the sauna house. Now, you might be pausing right now thinking, huh, a sauna house? You mean where you sweat, it's hot, you take a cold plunge and get back in and sweat some more? Yup, the sauna house. Founder and owner Andrew Lachlan, after many entrepreneurial businesses, including a helicopter rental operation, you'll hear more about that in a moment, turned to the ancient and time-tested tradition and experience of the sauna, and is now enterprising that for a national launch in 2022. He started the business the year before COVID, and as you can imagine, had to shut it down during COVID, but also with a loyal team, figured out a way to reopen and is now turning a profit with scaling plans and momentum that is taking him nationwide. This is a new lifestyle and healing direction for Americans who are admittedly a bit behind on what Europeans know full well about the benefits of sauna. Andrew gets personal with his own discoveries as a business owner, his journey, and some sage advice for navigating the passion that is at the origin story of every startup entrepreneur and business owner. Lots to learn and discover together here. Let's get started. And welcome back to the Watch Pitch Podcast and YouTube channel. We are in the sauna house here in Asheville, North Carolina, with owner and founder, Andrew. Uh, last name, sorry. Lachlan. Lachlan, that's right. Yeah. Gee, sorry, Andrew. That's okay. Um, and uh, because we've seen each other in a lot of circles of entrepreneurs, and you have, I think, more than a startup here, that's for sure. Um, isn't that, uh, I think you have more than that. I don't know. I, I would still call it a startup. Yeah. Yes. Startup is startup mentality until the next phase. Right. Well, and I want to talk about that next phase, but yeah. I got to say, you know, I was here last week at the sauna house, got a good sweat on, and I'm such a believer of this path of um, just dropping in, getting sweaty, doing a cold plunge, hanging yeah. out with good people, sometimes not talking at all. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like for me, it's just medicine and I'm just, and, and there's a lot to back that up. Maybe just to get started because I'm so yeah. enthusiastic yeah. about being here and thank you for hosting uh, this podcast episode and YouTube channel episode. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Tell I me mean, how this happened. Yeah. I mean, you just hit on a bunch of like my favorite things to talk, talk about, obviously. So, um, I mean... Well, there's two, there's two stories. There's the before, you know, and then there's when it opened. And then, you know, now we're coming up on our three-year anniversary, which is crazy because it was like startup, shut down for COVID, right. startup again. Right. Now we're a three-year-old company, mm -hmm. you know, one year, you know, recovered from COVID. And it's um, been an unbelievable journey. But um, bathhouses, you know, and sauna and cold therapy, our version here at Sauna House is we have 
um, a couple traditional saunas or saunas, as they say in Europe or Scandinavia. Okay. Um, we have a couple of those. And then we have cold water therapy as well. And how we've paired it is, you know, bathing practices around the world have existed since the beginning of time. Mm. It's fundamentally human. Like all of our ancestors did it somewhere, sometime, someplace. And it was always derived around whatever the natural resources were in that area. So in Finland, where the sauna was originated, they have a lot of birch wood and they've got a lot of cold water. Um, and so, you know, in Rome though, you had a lot of different bathhouses. And then in Japan, you had onsen, which is all about, uh, thermal bathing and that's different water temperatures and circulating between them. So this has existed all over the world in different shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sauna house is my version. Um, sort of, I took a lot of the ancient practices and then, put them in a place where the amenities within those bathhouses had the most profound scientific research behind them. So that turns out to be the sauna and cold water therapy, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and so we created a bathhouse that, you know, allows people to do that in a social but chill environment. And then it turned out to work. People it's, seem to like it. It's working so well. And I got to say, you know, when I started thinking about doing this sh uh, show with you, um, one, it, this place touched me, so I love the vision. It's, you know, I, it's in my body. Um, I love the path of, uh, you know, taking good care of my body and taking a, a time out. Yeah. And I feel this is really fundamental mm -hmm. because it does have all that history right. in our sort of physiology. Yeah. Um, and to figure out a way to, to enterprise this is the thing that I'm super fascinated about. And because this season of the Watch Pitch podcast and YouTube channel has been all about, you know, what businesses are doing with the thaw, quote unquote, of COVID. Yeah. Um, you are just a perfect guy to talk to about a guy that launched a business prior to COVID, mm -hmm. super fresh, like launch mode. That's a whole mentality. Yep. And then the brakes go on. Full halt. Full halt, like full stop. Yeah. Um, and you still need oxygen, right? I mean, you know, because you're, you, this was not. Yeah, we uh, were panicking. This, this was not turnkey. I mean, you did a lot of work <laughs> on this building. In fact, yeah. I think this building was abandoned. I don't know. It like, was, yeah. It was, wasn't it? Was it? Bad. it was bad. It right? was bad. We, every single, we touched everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything got upfitted. Yeah. Well, and it's gorgeous, and, uh, but that didn't happen without a lot of capital. And, capital, yeah. And, and then to navigate something like hospitality up close mm. and personal with COVID and, and doing it in a way that, that is prioritizing the medicine, is prioritizing the customers yeah. um, and the business. I mean, it's remarkable what you've done. Well, I attributed a lot of it to luck. Okay. <laughs> well, then but, you're a very lucky man. And, you know, the, the, the government programs did save Sauna House, right? Mm -hmm. And being in the Southeast was a big part of saving Sauna House, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I have colleagues on the West Coast whose bathhouses were closed for eight to ten months. Mm -hmm. And that was a storm I don't believe we could have weathered. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we were really fortunate. But uh, let's see. To take that, the medicine part, yeah. right? 
-hmm. and we believe in like people, profit, and planet, right? So Sauna House is a great working environment, and we try really hard to care for our staff. And right now, we, we have an amazing team, right? And that, you do. Like the culture here, the impact, like yeah. everybody is like, they're in the zone. Yeah. And you get it as soon as you open the door. And we were, you know, we always had like entrepreneurial spirit. We wanted self-starters, people who would take initiative to fix things and solve problems. And we created, um, you know, Jen... You know, that's like a, one of my fundamental values is freedom. And I want people to have freedom and autonomy. And I know how important that is. Mm -hmm. And Jen really like echoed that out through the staff and the team. And she really built the company, mm -hmm. you know, from a hospitality standpoint. Jen is HR? No, she's, um, she's really the COO of the company now. Oh, I see. She I was see. my first employee. Mm -hmm. I hired her um, October 15th. Mm -hmm. She just had her three-year anniversary. I was like, <laughs> we'll definitely <laughs> open by November 1st. So you can start October 15th and, um, you get and, yeah. two week ramp up. Right? Yes. And then we opened, of course, February 1st. Right. So, and in the, in between her hiring and opening, we had our first daughter. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of insane. Oh, Andrew, and then, yeah, Jen hired everybody. Um, we had three amazing people, Jen, Emily and Madison at the start and they mm -hmm. ramped us up. And then when we closed, we had 22 people 13 months later. Um, and then we, we had to let everyone go and oh. including Jen and mm -hmm. Jen ran a book club during COVID though, for our whole team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though they weren't really oh, part of the company anymore. Together. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Um, kept people together and helped, mm -hmm. you know, and that was the start of building resiliency, you know, like COVID, I was really scared about, you know, the initial shock of the virus, all these, all this news, you don't know what's going on. My company's closed. We have no money. I have two kids mm -hmm. uh, or one at the time. My mm -hmm. wife was pregnant with the second one. We found out we were pregnant with the second one a week before we closed for COVID. Oh. And um, that makes me feel a little sensitive right now. It was intense uh, yeah. reliving this, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, but so resiliency was like the theme early on like i you know i talked to jen probably every two days through COVID the whole time um mm -hmm. sauna house became my clubhouse i came down here you know illegally and spent most of my, well i'm allowed to come to my business as a business owner but sure, sure. uh you know i came down here it was like my clubhouse uh -huh. during COVID, and uh -huh. but we when we started hiring people back and you know we were all masked up mm -hmm. i installed uv and hepa air filtration right away nice. in all of our massage treatment rooms and in the whole building ductwork system mm -hmm. and uh you know i believe that air quality is extremely important uh, in this time so we did that to help you know protect staff our staff is also our business is somewhat fortunate that people aren't in close contact inside of our staff mm -hmm. um, throughout the day. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really a fortunate thing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, now we have 35 people. So since COVID and Jen, Emily and Madison were the three people that came back first and reopened the company, the same three people that opened it the first time. Cool. And then they rebuilt the whole team. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's really been incredible to watch you know, customers come back and we had to change all of our booking software, all of our pricing, all of our, I mean, we really did reopen a different company. We manage more reservations per month than a hundred room hotel, right? So we, we had a huge management and organizational management retooling. Um, Massive. Oh. And 
because we had to figure out how to limit capacity and get people through safely and through mm-hmm. stages. So in the beginning, where was it just come and then you just had yeah, it was access all day. It was always. Yeah, yeah and see. you could stay as long as you like. Uh-huh. So some people stayed six hours, mm-hmm. and that was not a sustainable business model after right. COVID for uh-huh. us. I see. And we're still at like sixty percent of the volume we used to do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had we've figured out how to more than two point five x our average ticket price pre and post COVID. So we make a lot more money now and we see a lot less people. And so that was everything. It was like, we have to focus on how to make this a little bit more premium, mm-hmm. um, how to get more memberships, things like that. Lock our, we always had amazing new customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine first time they go, oh yeah, I want to do more of this. Yeah, it yeah. was crazy. Pre-COVID, it, it was a yeah, I'm not going to disclose the number, yeah. uh, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. And then it's good, good again. Yeah. And, um, nice. but yeah, we, we had to really figure out our packages and, and then figure out how to move people through safe space safely. Fortunately for us, like coronavirus, um, it's killed inside the sauna. It can't live in there for, it sort of depends on the size of the particle mm. and how long and what temperature and the humidity levels and blah blah but very short time i see um Hmm. and pool bromine also kills covid so that's pretty safe Mm -hmm. um so we're fortunate in those ways but yeah very smart yeah well let let me ask you this because i i want to sort of go into the future of the sauna house because i know you have a big vision for sure and i want to be able to uh, champion that and cool i also just want to acknowledge that just in our sort of warm-up time to get to know each other a little better i hadn't realized that this is not your first entrepreneurial rodeo show you know by any stretch and I, i i i'd love to talk about that a little bit in the context of because we have, of course, a lot of startups and entrepreneurs and business owners and, mm-hmm. of course, investors that are listening and watching this show. And I think it's important to acknowledge that, um, you know, there are casualties as a startup entrepreneur, even as investors, you know, with businesses. Right. Um, but you learn something. Totally. As you as you take on that casualty. Um and I'm wondering if you might just reflect back yeah. on, you know, some of the other businesses that you have started and have had to let go of because the math didn't ever play itself out. Yeah. But because I, I think, you know, for some reason in what would on the surface be a very challenging business mm-hmm. during this time, you figured out a way to make it work. Yeah. I mean, and we, yeah. we did. That's the yeah. Truth. Okay, so that's good. Uh, so now it's I'm a, a we mentality thing. person. Right on. Um, I'm a dreamer, mm-hmm. and so I try and surround myself with doers, mm-hmm. and that's a really important thing for different CEOs to know. Mm-hmm. Are you a dreamer or a doer? Because mm-hmm. there's both. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you need to offset that with the some opposition. You know, we do all the personality tests and stuff, and right, right. and that. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tell me the question. Well, the, the, it mainly is, the you know, the, those, these, sorry, these that's all right. The, 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 the main thing was just looking back at some of the other businesses. Oh, yeah, the other businesses. Yeah, sorry. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got that's that. all right. And, I mean, because you did a lot of innovative <laughs> stuff. You yeah, know, I, keep, I keep actually a, a journal, right, like of, okay. of businesses. And uh, I'm a big fan of keeping notes on in two places, one in paper and one in my phone. And then I bring them together and stuff. But over mm-hmm. the years, I've had 
vastly different companies too. When I was young, I was I owned a car washing company and detailing company, mm-hmm. and I I learned a lot about customer service in that business. I also learned about like, you know, do I want to listen to people complain about things that cost twenty five dollars? You know, like is that kind of the company I want to be involved in? Right. It had no like it was strictly financial too, and and I'm a very community driven team player and I like purpose and mission mm-hmm. and th- that business didn't really have that for me mm-hmm. but it did have a lot of interesting aspects about sales and economics and so like some lessons there and that was my that was actually a pretty successful business not I don't know but toward the end of that business you know my alcoholism was rampant and mm-hmm. um I had an accident on the job mm-hmm. and so I sold the company to someone else mm-hmm. I did what any smart 23-year-old would do, sold it, uh, got a backpack, and went to Europe backpacking. And, and on that trip, I fortunately was able to quit drinking for the first time, like a couple weeks into it, for some reason, something, I call it like my first spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. but something happened. And then I came back after that trip and, and I got involved in my next business and I was importing sunglasses and distributing sunglasses. Oh. Um, and I was taking helicopter flight lessons at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I started a helicopter company. Um, we did aerial tours and photography and things like that. And really, it was just like a business that helped me offset a hobby. Mm-hmm. So those are great businesses if you have an expensive hobby you want to get into, <laughs> right? Like, because um, flight time in a Robinson R44 is like 600 an hour, oh, right? Yeah, so, that's a big number. Yeah. yeah. And so I needed to find a way to like pay for that. Right. And so <laughs> we leased a helicopter. And How many hours have you logged? Uh, like 214 or something oh, like that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I don't fly anymore because it's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and you're running you know, another I, business. I yeah. Get it. yeah. If, if I make it to the top, yeah. you know, right. if, if if things with sauna house go through the moon, uh-huh. then maybe I'll fly again uh-huh. in a helicopter. Right. But airplanes are safer, sort of. Wow. Great conversation. We're going to hit pause for just a moment and share a couple things from our sponsors who make this all possible. We'll get right back. Our Watch Pitch podcast would not be possible without our sponsors. So to name just a few at the moment, Techstars. Techstars is the worldwide network that helps entrepreneurs succeed with over 4,000 live events that are coming back soon in over 150 countries. Techstar alumni clock in at over 300,000 participants. And from Palo Alto Software, LivePlan. It's the world's leading business plan software built for entrepreneurs like you. Pitch, plan, and track your business anywhere with over 500,000 small business customers. Now, let's get back to our podcast episode. Yeah, but I had other businesses too that failed. Like the the sunglasses company really was a fail. Like um, we had to kill that company, mm-hmm. and I like had to exit out of that mm-hmm. with a loss. Mm-hmm. And um, a big part of that was, you know, we just had a not the best partnership with my co-founder, mm-hmm. and also I began drinking again. Ah. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that was a big part of like that failure in that company. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we didn't, we made mistakes in the business too. Right. So, sure. um, but then, you know, I stopped drinking about nine years ago now, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then I've been able to stay sober mm-hmm. and, 
sober for me is not what sober for everybody is, but it's definitely sober from alcohol. I can tell you that. Nice. Um, nice. Alcohol is not something I consume. Great. Um, but sobriety is an interesting topic because Judson Brewer, who's an amazing researcher, he's mm -hmm. um, addiction is everything, right? You can be addicted to literally anything. Mm -hmm. And so if you want some a book recommendation for how to change a habit, I would say um, Judson Brewer's book called How to Change Your Mind. Mm. Or no, that's not it. Uh, Unwinding Anxiety uh -huh. Huh. Um, huh. is an amazing book. Okay. So go take a look at that. Good. But yeah, a lot of failures that brought me here, but also some small successes. I, I had a lot of different LLCs, as we mentioned before the yeah, thing. And, but and, and, I just shut some down after time. You know, they just don't well, work. Well, and, and just, just let's just silo that one thought. When do you know it's time to shut it down? I mean... I mean, I know there's always obviously the balance yeah. sheet and cash flow. Yeah, I that's. I think you just get to a point where you wake up in the morning, enough days in a row, and you don't want to do it. You don't really want to do it. You know, mm -hmm. you can grind through that for a long time, and some people do. But everybody's kind of tolerance for that suffering is different. I think. Mm -hmm. But if you're being honest with yourself, I think you really know when something's working and when it's not, and if it. If it's something that should be working early and it's not, then you got to get out of there. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that takes a really long time mm -hmm. to, to build, then maybe you got to stay in for a long time. But for me, it, was, it always seemed like pretty evident, like enough days waking up feeling shitty about it. Yeah, that's a great litmus test for sure. Well, the, the other piece too, I imagine, uh, because you know I'm on fire about what you're doing here at the sauna house. I and I, I'm a big believer um, of all the elements that mm -hmm. have come together to make this happen, and have seen similar kind of bathhouse or, or hot tub kinds of businesses coming from the West Coast, um, where where people have figured that out very well, mm -hmm. and of course. You mentioned earlier on the West Coast, they've had a, um, you know, a real struggle with COVID in a big way. Um, and it's hurt businesses maybe a little harder than, than us here in the Southeast. Um, and, and now I just saw this morning, you know, there was the first sign of this new variant that mm -hmm. showed up in California. So, you know, we're not on the other side of this thing. And it may be something that we're living with yeah. for a while. But yeah. my, my sense is... The bones are great here, and mm. I would imagine there, there, there is some kind of initiative to want to duplicate this. Yeah, and, definitely. And I'm, I wonder if you might talk a little bit about that pivoting yeah. now to the future. Well, we were working on expansion before COVID. We wanted more of these, and so we've been... Sort of in a franchise model? Kind of? Not in a franchise not model. A franchise. I was actually anti-franchise forever uh -huh. until uh -huh. six months ago. Uh -huh. And now uh, that's the direction we're going. You know, we went around the bush a lot of times on how to expand this model mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what it means to expand in a, you know, B-type corporation way mm -hmm. um, and how to fund that. Mm -hmm. You know, and we right. talked to a lot of investors for a long time. I turned down a lot of money from investors to sell part of this company. Mm -hmm. And right now I still own the whole company. Mm -hmm. And very soon, though, we'll be separating entities and we will be franchising. Uh -huh. So that's really exciting news. Uh -huh. And, you know, 
we got a landing page for that on the website now. So great. if you want to jump in there. Sonahouse.com. Yeah, and look uh-huh. at what we're doing for that. Excellent. You can get a snapshot view there. Great. But that's a really exciting way to expand. And um, like we're 1% for the Planet members, right? And we donate 1% of our gross revenue to the organization's partnerships. Like locally here, we work with Asheville Greenworks nice. as our, our partner. Mm-hmm. And But we're going to be able to amplify that impact Mm -hmm. a lot faster because all of our franchise locations you know will be part of one percent of the planet through their franchise fees Uh um royalties and stuff to us and so we're yeah we're working on that right now we've hired a bunch of new people uh the corporate team's scaling up um we'll, we'll be taking some investment capital to fund the franchise but we'll be legally selling franchises in february of 2020 next year of 2022. Three. 2022. Yeah. 2022. Opening 2023. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. So what is what would that look like for a potential mm-hmm. business owner or an investor? Yeah. How how would they go about doing that with the sauna house? Well, they would go to the website and and go in and mm-hmm. just submit it. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm not even legally allowed to say certain types of things. Okay. Franchise has a really strict law. That's a good thing for all the entrepreneurs to know. Uh-huh. Um, it's important to work with professional attorneys and mm-hmm. uh, who specialize in franchising because mm-hmm. every state has laws or federal law mm-hmm. um, and you can only say certain types of things about the business um, to advertise your franchise. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting. Huh. But uh yeah, if people are curious about that, go on the website and hop on, and then Great. and then join the newsletter because we'll be like talking about it all the time next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been a hard thing to prepare for and learn about. Uh, there is like a whole new world. When when you were initially resistant to that, mm-hmm. how did you pivot? Like, what were you thinking about, and then how did you get back into the franchise idea? Yeah, I was thinking about capital and leveraging capital and where that capital comes from, and. You know, if we were going to expand Sauna House on our own, mm-hmm. it, the capital intensiveness of that is not scalable um, unless you have just a gigantic funding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And even then, you have to build, like, uh, franchising is nice because it's like a format. And so we have, like, a game plan. A lot of other people have done this in the past, and our model works really well for it. And so when we looked at the capital intensiveness and then we said, look, our model works really well for franchising, like um, we should learn more about it. And ultimately what really happened for me as a founder was that I want, I believe in giving equity to other players on my team Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, investors as well. And they want to have an exit, right? Like Mm -hmm. people want an exit. I get that. Mm -hmm. They don't want me to have control and never sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was my mentality, like never sell. I wanted Uh to have a legacy company Mm -hmm. that had, you know, 15 to 25 locations and five to 800 employees and be really self-supporting and pay really great wages and care for our team really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was just not achievable quickly. um, Because of the capital. Because of the capital. Yeah. Yeah. And so... um, but I'm also a coach. Like I grew up playing ice hockey and I love coaching ice hockey. Uh-huh. And when we started to think about how fun it would be to coach these other entrepreneurs um, who come into our ecosystem and join the sauna house mission and embrace our values and like mesh with us and, 
and bring this to more people, right? Like we also want our product to impact as many people as possible because we know it's good for the world. Amen. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> this is medicine. This right. is the future of preventative health care. You know, this is mm-hmm. a really important thing to roll out. So, mm-hmm. and somebody's going to do it. And I can't live knowing that somebody else sets the standard mm-hmm. because I tr- care, I care really deeply for the ethics and the integrity of healing environments. Whereas, you know, not everyone does, right? There's a lot of profit inside wellness, you know, it's big business Mm -hmm. and there's a way to bring this to the world with, you know, a lot of integrity. And and that's why our team wants to help the United States adopt communal bathing culture Mm -hmm. because we don't really have it. Nobody really knows how to do it. Everywhere, you know, if you go to a Korean bathhouse in San Francisco, it's one way. And then if you go to Banya SF in San Francisco, it's another way. And right. that's, that's amazing and wonderful. But um, sauna house is kind of like entry level. We want to teach people and get people into the bathhouse world. And what we teach them here, they'll be able to take to Banya. They'll be able to take to the Korean baths and have this respect for the culture and the traditions of those bathhouses um, like they do here. So we, we really want to bring it to the world so that to, to, to help protect the, the I, I should say, the experience of communal bathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There is something about this experience that is uh, just so cellularly mm-hmm. core yeah and and the result of accessing that core experience is oh this was really good and I want to do this again and I want to bring my spouse or my friends yeah. and do this with them because this was great and uh, so like I said early on yeah I, I'm a believer I'm super curious, just uh, the origin story, like, yeah. how did you go from helicopters to sauna house? Yeah, well... Because there must have been some kind of... Yeah, my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh-huh. um, we lived in Charleston, and then Katie and I moved to San Francisco because we wanted to live on the West Coast. We had a lot of friends in San Francisco, mm-hmm. so we packed up, moved out there. Mm-hmm. And my apartment complex um, was on Potrero Hill. It was like this old-school motel. And it used to be a crash pad for pilots back in the 70s. It had this courtyard pool, you know, on a really That's steep cool. hill. Uh-huh. Okay. And one day I was down in the basement and there was a sauna in next to the garbage cans, like this little window. And I opened it and it was kind of like dirty and dark. Like, like a saunas. sauna room? Yeah, sauna room. Uh-huh. In the, yeah. But abandoned. And abandoned. Yeah, no one used it in the whole building. And we had this pool, but no one used that either because they were they didn't heat it. And right. in San Francisco, yeah. most oh, yeah. of the year, it's freezing right. cold, right? right. So, right. like, kids would brave it and stuff, right. like, from time to time. <laughs> like, in and out. Yeah. But at the same time, I was playing in this competitive ball hockey league in San Francisco, and it's, it's pretty brutal. I mean, street hockey with all these XD1 guys and pros in San Francisco. I mean, it was one of the mo- most competitive hockey leagues I've ever played in. Cool. I would come back so sore. My legs were wrecked. And my best friend, Lane, we played sports together in high school. He had suffered multiple concussions. And he told me at the time, like, nothing helped him more than cold water therapy every night before bed. And he might be able to get some good sleep because mm-hmm. he suffered, like, kind of TMJ, mm-hmm. sleep apnea, chronic fatigue, um, you know, different nerve nerve pains and stuff like that. Jeez, wow. And so this was like Wim Hof just launched his very first 
online course and me and lane split it for 200 bucks don't tell whim <laughs> and uh so we did 30 days of ice baths and i was hooked like i came back from ball hockey ice bath fine the next day wow. legs fine right wow. like amazing recovery cool tool for for hard contact sports and at the same time, Tim Ferriss just launched his first podcast. And within his first like 10 or 12 guests or something, Rhonda Patrick was on and she talked about sauna and how good it was for you. Mm. And I had just found the one in my basement. And so I started doing sauna all the time. And then the pool that was never heated. So you cleaned out the sauna there. and got it running? Yeah, got uh -huh. it running. And uh -huh. then I started recruiting different friends who lived in the building to join me. We started having great conversations about business uh, about our spouses and you know we just started spending time in there with each other and it was it was great and then i started experiencing the bathhouse in san francisco and then i started to experience them internationally and my love for just the whole scene grew and grew um you know and you know, it's still growing today but yes it is but that's how it like started you know and uh -huh. uh, my yeah. wife really encouraged me to open sauna house asheville like when we moved to asheville from san francisco mm -hmm. i was looking for my next thing and she was like you got to do it you got to do it and so i kicked it around a little and 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 i i used to call bathhouses in different parts of the country mm -hmm. and ask them how busy they were you know like um ask them how like you know if they got an appointment on friday i'm flying in and pretend to be someone who was interested in coming up, right yeah and ask questions mostly i was just seeing are you busy all the time like i think mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. you know uh-huh and smart little research yeah, yeah and then i started meeting some owners and stuff which was cool um mm -hmm. yeah and then you know we just leased a building and, and invested all of our like our personal savings and more into the space <laughs> and uh yeah it was work it was working great until covid and then yeah yeah well what would you recommend to because one of the things that i'm hearing is that you definitely followed your heart on this mm -hmm. you know this was an inside passion yeah. that clearly connected with your well-being yeah um and I, I do think that uh, the, the origin story for a lot of entrepreneurs is they're trying to solve a problem for themselves Definitely. and then realize that they're not alone in solving that problem. Yeah. And then they go to market. Yeah, I mean, a big part of my problem was like anxiety and depression mm -hmm. as, as well. You know, mm -hmm. I was recovering from alcoholism. I was like about two years, you know, with no alcohol. Mm -hmm. my, I still suffered from depression. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, cold water therapy is one of the most ancient remedies for depression mm -hmm. there is. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was, I was solving a problem for myself. You know, I was helping right. self-heal my, my body. So in that, in that strive to then solve this problem and then figure out a way to enterprise it, mm -hmm. what would be some of the core lessons that you would give yeah. an entrepreneur or a business owner? Because I think what was helpful is recognizing that, you know, you got to get up out of bed in the morning and feel really good about your business because if you don't, yeah. that's a that's a red flag yeah but you know if there's a different feeling as you get up and go after your business um and it's positive and it's inspiring um then of course you know you're gonna keep doing it you're gonna keep hustling and of course there's gonna be obstacles like who could have predicted covid yeah no. um and, and especially in the in a business like this anything having to do with hospitality you know screeching breaks stop now what do we do 
Um, and uh, like I said, you've done an amazing job of, 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 of staying in the lane mm -hmm. of building your business. Yeah. And if you were to pass on a couple of golden nuggets, yeah, that's my invitation. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things, right? Mm -hmm. Like my life right now looks a lot different than it did before I started the company and I had kids, right? Mm -hmm. I, all we have is focus and attention, right? And where you're giving that attention matters. I, people laugh, like I don't watch television or movies or anything. I don't really watch YouTube. I don't, unless I'm trying to learn something. Mm -hmm. So if you have a really narrow focus, you can always accomplish more because now your attention is always on the thing that you actually care about. Whether that's your kids, your wife, your exercise, your fitness, your nutrition, um, or your business, right? And so for me, like, I have, like, buckets that I try and keep full. Otherwise, like, I won't keep loving my company if all there is is my company and my wife hates me and my kids don't want to be around me and all that, right? Mm -hmm. So caring for things in a in a way that nourishes you will allow you to be there for your business the most, in my opinion. Now there's a lot of extreme examples of that, of like the greatest creators in history, you know, like Nikola Tesla, like married a dove, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And um, they spent all their time and energy in there, but they weren't well-balanced people. Right. And I'm not trying to be one of those people. Mm -hmm. So if you are trying to be one, one of those people, you can be. You can be, you know, that way. But for me, I need balance and I need my attention to be narrowly focused on what really matters. Mm -hmm. And that's like my family, my company, and my friends and acquaintances and, and my body and my mind, right? So a narrow focus will go a long way. And then... I love that. Yeah. Also for me, like, um, I'm not motivated by money. So... You know, I've tried to be motivated by money in the past, but I'm not motivated by money. And so if you know yourself and you're able to really know who you are, then you're going to run a business that works for who you really are. And that's, there's so many different types of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. But if you can realize like when your ego is at play, you're going to have a much better chance at finding a business that, you actually love and want to work on um, because my ego ran the ship for a while and I ran a lot of businesses that were designed at making money and sometimes successful. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, drunk and suicidal. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so let's, let's, let's like, that's uh, <laughs> not sustainable. Yeah. Not sustainable. <laughs> right. But yeah. The, so, that that's one wizard wisdom is like a narrow focus for people yeah. is, um, and be really aware of your attention. Right. Cause mm -hmm. again, that really is all we've got. I, I think that's beautiful. I want to thank you for saying that because in, in a way this is something that's coming up a lot for me as well as mm -hmm. a entrepreneur. And um, I'm working on this inner MBA program that's sort of been sponsored yeah. by sounds true. And, um, Wisdom 2.0, and a lot of their s sort of content is really addressing that inner landscape. Yeah. You know, as, for, you know, sure, we're going to do this MBA, we're going to focus on business, but 
there's this inner version of this that uh, is also super important to address in order to be fully successful and I think also meaningful. And I think what you've done is you've just seeded my next season for 2022 as a as a theme so yeah because i i think that's core like i i just yeah. don't we, we work too darn hard yeah to accomplish the things that we're doing and if we're not in alignment with some of these core practices and principles like focus and attention like listening mm -hmm. um uh paying attention to the red flags you know all, all of those things uh then then we're gonna fail and and you know we didn't start the business because we didn't think there was value there. Mm -hmm. And if we're, if we fail at delivering that value for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. then there's people missing out on receiving that value. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan and I just can't thank Thanks. you enough for taking this time. Yeah. Um, and I'll be back here. That's for sure. Great. Yeah. Come get your daily dose of medicine. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Trey. I appreciate you. All right. Take care. This episode with Andrew covered so much turf and territory that many of us as entrepreneurs and business owners face. What's particularly valuable here is a commitment to culture from the inside out. As a founder and owner, we have to inform our organization, our business operations, and our passion around what we value most in order to be successful and rooted in the vision and mission of our passion to operate a business. For Andrew, people, planet, and profit are at the center. But I'm also going to add one more element we discovered together in this podcast, a personal commitment to well-being. Without that, it's clear that suffering is gonna be part of the equation of our business experience. And most certainly, with a business focused on well-being, well, there's a daily reminder of that commitment. We are indeed on a threshold, a restart and a new beginning, looking forward against a challenging past, but a future with new opportunities to embrace. Thank you for joining me, Trey Scott, and our guest, Andrew Lachlan, for season five, episode six of the Watch Pitch podcast and YouTube channel program. Thank you for listening to our Watch Pitch podcast. Please give us an awesome review in the iTunes store, on Stitcher, or wherever you downloaded the Watch Pitch podcast. We appreciate your appreciation. There are also some other great past interviews, so take a look at the library and see what we have. And by all means, subscribe and don't miss out on our next inspired conversation. We can also be found and welcome your following on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And once again, if you need or want personalized coaching for your next upcoming pitch, email us direct at podcast at watchpitch.com. Lots of tips and support to get started or polish your next pitch. Thanks again for visiting and listening to now your Watch Pitch Podcast. Watch Pitch.